signals for the Baltimore Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champions. Amici scores. Amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. This is Phil Steele. This is Mike Burnham. This is Wes Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Hi, this is Chuck Foreman, number 44, the Minnesota Vikings. Woo, mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vance, the Boogie Woogie Man. This is Coach Fry with Virginia Tech Football, and you are listening to Big Dog Sports Talk. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to roll? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. 101.7, 103.5, and AM 1460. Streaming worldwide at WRADradio.com and the TuneIn app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the big dog, Rick Watson. It's a Thursday. You're on the program. Hope you're okay wherever you might be. Call us up on the Baker Team Hotline, 639-4900. Text line 744-2990. Messer, messenger me or send an email, Rick at New River Radio. Andy Bitter today at 7.35. Evan Hughes will get a Tech Carolina preview on the women's side. Plus, we'll uh, talk about the Tech baseball team a little bit. Opening up in Charlotte. And Dwight Vick all here on the program. That's the second half of the show. So, you'll have the first half if you want to uh, participate We'd like to hear from you. Highlanders have a home game tonight. Also on national TV, like the Tech Women. Also at 8 o'clock, ESPNU. will be on the air here at 7.30 with the pregame on the radio network. 8 o'clock will be the tip-off tonight. So we do have some NRV hoops happenings going on. Here this evening, um, the big story—not just a sports story, but a uh, a world story, national story—is the 
mass shooting that took place yesterday at the Chiefs Super Bowl celebration parade. Nine children were involved, ranging in the ages from 6 to 15. In all, 22 people were shot. One person died. Three people are in custody. There's a video going around of a couple of the citizens there who caught on to one of the shooters being very aggressive and tackling the shooter. It was a a hero-like effort. And this just keeps on keeping on, right, in this country. And you see people that immediately turn it into a political issue instead of addressing the problem for what it is. And I'll tell you, it's, um, it's probably going to lead to the elimination of things like this, like the Super Bowl and the championship parades, things like that. And, I, you know, by now everybody knows how I feel about politics because – there's just no, there's nobody out there you can rely on. It's all just a, a game, right? Regardless. But to look at this tragedy and to see that what's going on, whether it be something that happens here locally to us or nationally like this, it to immediately immediately turn this into a political issue about gun control and about blaming. Everything but the person or the people who are making the conscious decision to do this is just the most asinine take that you can have. It means you're just making it 100% political. And of course, I'm talking about the folks at ESPN, the Rich Eisens of the world on the NFL Network went off yesterday trying to blame one political side for all this and acting as if that the law-abiding citizens who have guns that respect weapons have to be included in any kind of major gun control and whatever you know solutions they want to come up with and it just it, all I know is from my own personal experience I grew up my my family were hunters my my dad and my brother, um, I grew up around guns. We raised on a farm. My dad and my brother would go out deer hunting, whatever it was. Anything that they killed, we would always eat. So I never really got into it, but we were taught early about guns. I remember sitting down and understanding to never go near a weapon. Maybe it was a different time. Maybe it's naive to talk about now, but I respected what my father told me, right? I understood the damage. You'd go out and watch him shoot. You, you, you knew what it would do. So you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So as I grew up, I learned how to shoot rifles and pistols, and you respect it, right? You understand that it's a weapon that can cause massive physical harm. So... Is this more of a cultural problem or is this more of a political problem? Because right now, boy, it's turned into yet another political diatribe. And it's usually by one side of the political equation. And, and the thing that really annoys me about all this is you hear 
all this. Like, listen to the news reports here on the program today. Authorities are trying to figure out what's the bottom line. What happened here? What was the motive? The motive is these people are crazy. Motive is these are human beings that made a decision to do this because they just detest their fellow man. That they wanted their five minutes of fame. That they have that little regard for humanity, especially children. This is on the individuals who make the decision. Right? Imagine that being the solution. The responsibility lies in the individuals who are making the decision to carry out these senseless, cowardly, idiotic acts. And if you go and look at the list of what is considered mass shootings in this country. There's a list on a website called Mother Jones. Do you realize that over 90% of these, 93% of these, have occurred during the height of the internet and social media era? The first one listed here was back in 1984, Dallas nightclub shooting. But since the internet became a thing and social media and social media acceptance and all this, these are are people that are being groomed either intentionally or by their own mindset, right? However, they decide their worth based on their social media clicks, their likes, their whatever it might be. But to sit to report on this and to have people actually with a straight face say we're trying to get to the motivation. Here's your motivation. These people disregard human life and they made the decision to go take someone's life. Right? It's it's on the person that's making the decision. It's not on As far as I know, and I thought I looked it up here, maybe I'm wrong, but it says here every state now has a background check on weapon, right? You can't just walk up and say, hey, give me that, uh, give me that uh, AK-47, give me that uh, 44 Magnum. You can't just do that, right? They do the background checks because most of these people that are doing this don't have priors. Some do, most don't. So then what are you supposed to do? Right? Make the people who are responsible have much higher circumstances than they do now. Right? I'm getting tons of text messages, and I'd like to hear from you on this, because it is, it's something that's going to affect our community again, hopefully not for a long time or ever, but let's be honest. I send my son to school every day. He's the last child I have in high school. And in the back of my mind every day, I think about what if something happens. All right? We just had two individuals at Blacksburg High School lose their lives in in violence. 
It's mental health. I've gotten uh, nine text messages. People are attributing it to mental health, blaming both political parties. Correct, yes. It's not a one-sided problem. But the answer is not trying to make it more difficult for folks like me and you to defend ourselves if necessary. And I just wonder, looking at these numbers, how much of this is brought on or, or if, these, if these folks could be tapped into and you could get honest answers, how much of this is provoked by social media and whatever goes on in the minds of these people, right? To think, okay, I know that if I'm at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade, right, that this is going to be a national story. And I'm going to be forever thought about during that event. And that's where we are with this. Most of these individuals probably don't care whether they continue to live or not. But the consequences have gotten such in certain parts of this country to where now, you know, those who break the law, they're the ones that are getting all the advantages. There's cashless bail in this country. (laughs) I mean, there really is. Wilbur writes in, how many people get killed in drunk driving accidents because others made the wrong decision? No one's going after the alcohol companies. Correct. That gets ignored, right? That never comes up. They immediately turn it into a political issue. The answer, in my opinion, is mental illness. I know, I don't know how many people, everybody I grew up with, It was a different time, obviously. We didn't have all this crap with social media and the internet. You only had three TV networks, so you spent your time actually doing something constructive. You know, being outside, working, playing, reading books, whatever it may be, listening to music. And everybody, or most, I won't say everybody, but most had guns. You know, either in their home, they were also hunters, they, whatever. And I never thought much about it because I was, I was raised around that environment and just understood, yeah, I mean, and I remember my dad always saying back then, hey, you need to have these around because you never know when somebody decides to come into your house, break into your house and all that. So you just think, okay, yeah, I need it for protection. I have a concealed gun license now. I'm not going to go out there today with what's going on in this world and, and not be protected. Right? But you see, the folks that are around it from an early period respect it. I don't know any hunter, either currently or growing up, that disrespected and that was irresponsible with their guns. Right? If they liked to shoot, they would go out to ranges and they'd have target practice. You know, you'd get a new gun, you wanted to sight it. You wanted to make sure that it was sighted in okay. So you'd go out, and it was fun to try to break in your weapon for whatever season was coming up. Maybe that's a naive thought process now, but that's the way I grew up. I don't think the people who go out, sportsmen and women, and people who do like to go out and shoot targets and collect and things like that. I don't think these are the people that are going out 
and threatening our children and innocent people to things like a Super Bowl parade. But boy, it really just, it just, when it gets turned into the, watching Rich Eye, it was just embarrassing. And ESPN, of course, oh, of course, ESPN turned it into a political thing. But they always preface it by saying, well, this isn't a political issue, but let's make it a political issue by falling on the same diatribe that they always do. If people who broke the law abided by the laws, then there'd be no criminal activity, right? We've had laws in place. Murder's been against the law for how long? How long has murder been not a good thing? Forever? Since Cain and Abel? Yet it still happens, doesn't it? People break the law. People make the decision to take someone's life. It's called personal responsibility, social engineering. And to ignore the obvious about this and to continue to try, especially now here in election season, boy, they immediately went to the pandering. Here's a text message. Went to Giles High School, graduated in 93. We brought guns to school so we could hunt after school. Nobody ever thought about hurting someone else. You just leave them in the truck or your car. You get out of school at 3 o'clock or so. You got some evening left to go out. Yeah, I get it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I grew up with. I understand completely. It's an ongoing problem in this country, but it needs to be addressed correctly, not from a political standpoint, because that's, it's just, all right, sorry, I just felt like I had to talk about it because it's disgusting to see thoughts and prayers to all the victims, especially those children, my God, we'll be back. minutes past the hour, 744-2990, getting a lot of uh, text messages about the latest mass shooting. All opinions are respected. Don't uh, don't feel like you can't express how you feel. I don't, uh, I don't roll that way. I'm not like the current state of, you don't agree with me. Oh, I don't like you. I'll never understand that mindset. It, it, it's especially abundant in politics today I, I just i don't get it like if i if i know somebody disagrees with me i like to have a conversation right and find out why they feel like the way they do just like i want to express why i feel like i do so i hope everybody realizes you can chime in and I, you don't get any judgment here i mean i i appreciate you taking the time i really do i just want everybody to know that i don't i don't understand why It's another part of social engineering, I guess. Oh, they disagree with you. You must dislike them. They must be horrible people. You must label them something. Call them a name. Call them some kind of ist or phobic because they disagree with something. That'll show them. No, that's not what happens here on this program. 
However you feel about anything is fine. It really is, as long, long as it's not, you know, something against the law. All right, we'll be back. Stay with us. More coming up here on a Thursday. Brian writes in, if only every day could be like Mayberry. Absolutely, Brian. I tell you what, I get envious sometimes, right? You, you, and sometimes you get sad. You watch uh, old episodes of Andy Griffith, and you see Opie and his friends just walking down the street. Like, they started showing the, uh, the first season again. The ones with Miss Ellie. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. I mean, how in the world was Miss Ellie not Mrs. Andy Taylor? We've been through this. We all voted. You all voted. And Miss Ellie won resoundingly. Or as Andy would call her, the lady druggist. Anyway. Andy'd be wandering around, you know, trying to get to know her a little bit better. He happens to walk into the drugstore, and there's Opie just sitting there. He'd been walking around, just ended up in the drugstore. Hey, there you are, son. And I sat there. Matter of fact, it's, it's funny. This happened, I guess, yesterday. This was after the news of the shooting. I'm just sitting there going, yeah, that's the way it actually used to be. <laughs> right there. That was a real, in a lot, if not most, Small communities, anyway, that's the way it used to be. I mean, I remember having similar freedom. And and it was different, but I remember riding up with mom up to the, um, it was a laundromat in Dublin. Everybody know in Dublin up there where the police station used to be? I guess, I don't think it's there anymore. And you take a right off of 11. The post office used to be on the left. And you take that right and you cross the train tracks. Well, in those buildings there on the left, one was a laundromat for a long time. And that's where mom would take her big blankets and quilts and things and always wash and dry them. So we'd go there. And I remember just looking at her and I would say, hey, I'm going to go over here to the Dublin Pharmacy. I had my lawn mowing money or whatever, my chore money. I'm going to walk up here to the Dublin Pharmacy. I might go to the Wade's grocery store. Okay. Be back here at a certain time. And I would. I'd go in the pharmacy, stay there forever, man. I'd be looking over the baseball cards, seeing if the, <laughs> if the new boxes were out. Because there's nothing in the world better when you're a kid and you walk in and they've just popped the top off of a brand new box of Topps baseball cards. Not go in there and maybe read a comic book. You're not supposed to, but I'd grab one off of the comic book rack. Oh, cool, the new (laughs) Spider-Man. End up buying a couple of packs of uh, baseball cards. Then I'd wander over to Wade's and get a candy bar or something. Walk back in the laundromat. 
you know, had similar opportunities, right? But I was just watching that yesterday. You know, that's the way it's the way it used to be. It'll never, ever, ever, ever be that way again. And I think that's why we are drawn back to those older shows, shows from our childhood, no matter what generation you're from. That's why we cling to the things we grew up with, because it does evoke a more innocent time in our minds and in our conscience. And it's why it's kind of like comfort food. You just kind of feel good inside after you consume it. Same thing with those types of shows. Man, oh man, oh man. Great stuff. Wes writes in, I remember the circular comic book rack at Dublin Pharmacy. Yes, there you go, Wes. Exactly, man. You couldn't wait to get in there. What new comics were out? You'd spend that thing a little bit at a time just to go through the top. I think it was like, what did it have? It had like four or five different sections on each side of it. And you were just looking. Yeah. I mean, getting to go to the Dublin Pharmacy back in the day was like the highlight of the week. I would always ask, hey, you going to uh, go up and wash your rugs, Mom? You going to go up and wash that big, uh, those quilts? Couldn't wait. Try to mow as many yards as I could. <laughs> All right, now we're cooking. I mean, that was... I mean, that was, that was it. It was a lot like, you know, the Mayberry Drugstore with Miss Ellie. It was a lot like that. It was the same vibe you got. Couldn't wait. It was a highlight of the week, man. Or when we were in Radford. Now, the coup de grace of places like that. And I've talked about it before in Radford was the Allegheny Newsstand. How many of you remember the Allegheny Newsstand down in Radford? It's down, it was down there on the corner. I don't know what exactly is down there now. It's, it was in that last building. People talking about riding their bikes together in groups. Yeah. Just get on your bikes and find your buds and just go. Ride your bikes and get back. But the Allegheny Newsstand had it all. I mean, the Allegheny Newsstand had, if I'm not mistaken, it may have had two racks of comic books. One for Marvel, one for DC. You had football cards. I mean, I'm talking about the things that I mean. It had it. It was like it was the big sporting news. I used to get my sporting. Remember the sporting news papers before it became just a horrible publication. Then it finally folded. I mean, the sporting news was like the bible of uh, weekly newspapers. You could go get the sporting news there. It was thick and it covered all this. It was awesome, just awesome. And this is. When you're younger, and went to when I was a little older. I'm not sure when the Allegheny Newsstand went out of uh, went out of business. Man, I love that place. Yeah, and the cashiers wouldn't say anything for you for hanging out. Nowadays, they would ask you to leave or immediately assume you're stealing something. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, that's true. 
They would come maybe ask you one time, hey, you need any help? No, I'm good. I'm just looking at stuff. Okay, well, let me know if you need anything. Then you never hear from them again unless you went up to the counter to buy something. But I'm telling you, man, when you, when you were able to go up there with three or four packs of football or baseball cards, a couple comic books, maybe a Hershey bar, I mean, man. I mean, you were, that was it. You made it for that week. You're, you're going to have a great weekend. <laughs> a hole in the wall. Name of a card shop in Blacksburg. Michael Jordan rookies. Oh, wouldn't you like to go back? Shaq rookies. It was great. I kind of remember that for some reason. A hole in the wall. In Blacksburg. Yeah, a hole in the wall. There were two great baseball card shops as well. Um, over... Okay, in Christiansburg, if you're on Radford Road headed to Christiansburg and you go by the Country Kitchen, which is on the right, if you're headed that way, there was the A1 flea market area that's now boarded up. You can still see the buildings up there. My dad first showed me that place because it had shops, specialty shops, all sorts of stuff in there, but they had two really... Really cool baseball card shops. And that's when I started to get into higher level baseball card and football card collecting then. And I would go there. And man, that was a load of fun too. Loved that place. Absolutely loved it. But yeah. The Allegheny Newsstand. Man, oh man, oh man. Great stuff. Great stuff. Mad Magazine or Cracked? (laughs) I think growing up I read Cracked more. Just like Michael Scott from The Office. I I believe it was Cracked more. Yeah, I don't think I... I don't remember reading Mad a whole lot. I believe I'm pretty sure it was cracked. I think they had better animation, the cartoons and things like that in it. But, oh, yeah, you'd pick up a Mad or a Cracked. People chiming in now about the rookie cards they had. I still have a Mike Schmidt rookie. Yeah, good stuff. Hang on to that. Good stuff. Probably the greatest third baseman ever, right? I mean, talking about offense and defense. I know Brooksy had the mitt, but Schmitty, he brought he brought it both ways, didn't he? My goodness gracious, what a great player Mike Schmidt was. Woo! And that's the era I grew up in with baseball. I remember. Remember Mike Schmidt, that number 20, in those wonderful Philadelphia Philly uniforms with the light blue and the garnet. When light blue became kind of like a road gray before they just started ruining uniforms. Or at home, the Phillies would wear that garnet and the pinstripe. 
And you've heard Mike Ashley tell the story many times that uh, Philadelphia Phillies P, they added a little <laughs> a little leg to it at the bottom to make it an R. The first Radford University baseball club uniforms were old Philadelphia Phillies uniforms from that era. <laughs> I believe Mike said he finally got one of those jerseys, if I'm not mistaken. With the little leg to make it like the R. The first Radford logo was a progressive R in athletics. It was an R. I have one of the old courtside chairs in my in my house, but they tried to make it look like that. And it was... Uh, it was the Phillies uniforms. So many good uniforms then. Yeah, the Astros, the Rainbows with the star, J.R. Richard, Enos Cabell, that whole group, Jose Cruz. I mean... Great players, great teams. Dad told me stories, more text messages of using mantle cards to make bike spokes. Yeah, it's funny you say that because my dad told me the same thing. When the card boom hit and dad got into it, you know, he was, he was, that's where that whole part of me came from because we would go to card shows and he would be sitting there and we'd looking at these mantle cards with these high price tags. And he goes, I remember. I had that 55 tops mantle, and we would put it in our bike spokes because you wanted to hear the wind rattle. All right, you put the cards in the bike spokes because you wanted to hear it rattle against the metal, the wind as you drove it or rode the bike. He goes, I can remember some of these as seen them as, you know, he would just get nostalgic himself. Like, I'd be like, Dad, don't you feel pretty bad right now? <laughs> And then they just blow out of your tires, and you never went back. You know, they'd be torn up, and you just, oh, no, no. Which is probably another reason those older cards are worth so much, because it probably happened that way all across the country, right? So many of those premium cards were just destroyed in bike spokes. Good stuff, man. Yeah, I miss those days. We'll never have those days again, and our kids never had those days. My kids did not, and we never will again because of things that continue to develop like yesterday and the social media engineering that has just taken over the youth of this country instead of parental guidance and you name it, lack of respect for law and authority, more me, 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 me. We see it trickle down in sports now. We've talked about it ad nauseum with the NIL and the portal. Me, 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 me. Every coach I talk to across this great land of ours when I do the pregame interviews, whether you're talking about a Power 5 coach, mid-major coach, kids are so tough to coach today. It's getting worse and worse. Me, 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 me. I mean, we're just at a different uh, level of our evolution. And, uh, you know, they always say as you get – more advanced and, and things move forward that things are better no no that's not the case that's why that's why antique stores exist 
That's why memorabilia, old memorabilia in sports, will always be priced a lot higher than new memorabilia that's out there. That's why vintage collectibles are still worth premiums and the modern ones kind of peak at a certain point and then they just kind of fade away. No, no, doesn't get better at all. And as you get a little older, you start to realize, boy, mom and dad were right. One day our kids will go, boy, dad was right, wasn't he? All right, we'll come back, wrap up hour number one, remind you what's ahead in the second half of the program. More coming up. Bobby Bowden at Florida State telling you to be sure to listen to Big Dog Sports Talk with that sorry rascal Rick Watson. Rest in peace, Coach. Four minutes for the top of the hour. Don't forget, Andy Bitter comes your way at 7.35. Evan Hughes will join us at 8.05. And then Dwight Vick, great second half of the show here today. So be sure to stay tuned for that. We've got... Hoops tonight in the NRV. The Highlanders take on the Winthrop Eagles. Oldest rival for Radford in the Big South. That'll be 8 o'clock. It's on uh, TV, but you don't want to listen to those guys. Uh, the, the Highlanders are, uh, they, you guys are called the Highlanders, right? Not the Hilltoppers, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing your, your research. Uh, 7.30 here, 101.7 with the pregame, 8 o'clock the tip, myself and Cole Wilder. And uh, the Tech women, obviously, big game for them against Duke. It's a revenge-seeking night next to the last home game for this class. And I've had several people ask, no, George Amore will not return next year. Everybody's like, oh, you think Georgia will come back? No, 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 she won't. Um, that's right. The game will not be weighing on GoDucks.com. <laughs> uh. <laughs> of course, everybody knows that GoDucks.com came from a opposing notes page last year. And it's, you can listen to Rick Watson at GoDucks.com. I had no idea that I had been given the gig for Oregon sports, but pretty proud of that. Who knew? Quack, quack. All right. Hour <laughs> two coming up. I <laughs> uh, hope you're well wherever you might be. Andy Bitter, Evan Hughes, Dwight Vick. It's brisk here on this Thursday. Bundle up. More coming up.